The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You are very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. My name is Rory O'Hagan. I'm here with you until 7 o'clock, and we have a packed hour of sports coming away between now and 7pm. Great win for Cork today as they booked their place in the All-Ireland Football Championship quarter-final in Limerick today. Reaction to come from boss uh, John Cleary and from captain Brian Hurley. We'll also get the views of Limerick senior manager Billy Lee as well. And we'll talk to Jeremy McCarthy who's covering the game for us to get his analysis on it. Going to be talking to the winner of the Cork City Marathon last week, Lizzie Lee, about winning the marathon and fundraising in honour of her friend Kevin O'Reardon. And we're going to hear a little bit from Stephen Kenny as well as the boys in green get back to winning ways. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. lot to cover on the show this evening glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench don't forget to follow us on social media at Big Red Bench on Instagram on Twitter and on Facebook as well alright Cork as I mentioned beating Limerick today 218 to 116 at Porky Cueve this afternoon we will uh, get you plenty to come on that game in just a bit meanwhile Armagh have beaten Donegal in the other Ireland football qualifier that took place today Oshin Langham was in Clonus Armagh have beaten Donegal in the championship for the first time since 2010 three 17 to 16 points the final score in Clonus it was 2-8 to 10 points to Armagh at half time Rory Grugan and Reen O'Neill with the goals for the Orchard County in the first half but in the second half Donegal's challenge never really materialised and Armagh outscored them 1-9 to 6 points Reen O'Neill being named player of the match having scored 1-7 for Donegal Championship 2022 is over for Armagh they're now in to the quarterfinals. The final score in Clonus, Armagh 317, Donegal 16 points. So Cork into that quarterfinal draw. It'll take place uh, tomorrow morning, half past eight. Cork will face either Dublin or Galway or Derry. So tough games, no matter what way you look at it for the Rebels. But that draw taking place at half past eight tomorrow morning. Elsewhere today and uh, in the uh, minor football championship, Galway Mayo booking their spots in the semi-finals. The Trisman will take on Derry in the last four, thanks for 10 points to seven win over Dublin in Tullamore. Connacht champions Mayo got past Kildare 318 to 312. They will face Kerry in the last four Northern Ireland grabbing an injury time equaliser to all draw home to Cyprus in the Nations League today Captain Johnny Evans adding to Paddy McNair's second half goal at Windsor Park it is though 14 games without a win in the competition for Ian Barraclough's men they're bottom of their group they've just two points from their opening four matches Barraclough certainly a man under pressure former Liverpool goalkeeper David James says the club must strengthen this summer to avoid being left behind they're reportedly close to agreeing a big money move for Benfica striker Darwin Nunes James says it's the type of sign they need if they're to challenge for titles next season everything that Liverpool did last season was literally incredible and I can't see that changing however with Man City strengthening, Newcastle as a sort of outsider strengthening, everyone else around them strengthening, then Liverpool are going to have to improve to stay the same. I know it sounds a bit paradoxical. Roy McIlroy has just teed off in his final round of the RBC Canadian Open on the PGA Tour. He is top of the leaderboard. He's on 11 under par as he looks to retain his title. The American Tony Finau joins him on top of the leaderboard on 11 under. Off the man Shane Lowry is out in the course. He birdied his first hole. He's 6 under par. He's in a tie for 11th. Sweden's Lynn Grant has made golf history with victory at the Scandinavian Mixed, becoming the first woman to win on the rebranded European Tour. She finished on 24 under par, 9 shots ahead of European Ryder Cup captain Henrik Stenson. Scotland's Mark Warren Northern Ireland's Jonathan Caldwell took the title last year 
was among a group on four under par. Defeat for Andy Murray today in the Stuttgart Open final three-time major winner losing to Matteo Berrettini by two sets to one. The Scot though had to receive medical attention during the game as his search for a first ATP Tour title win since 2019 continues. Murray due to step up his preparations for Wimbledon at the Queen's Club Championship which starts tomorrow. In motorsports and it was the Azerbaijan Grand Prix taking place today and it was Max Verstappen who took the checkered flag finishing ahead of his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez elsewhere George Russell was third his Mercedes teammate Lewis Hamilton was uh, in fourth place and uh, Camogie as well this evening the Cork Camogie Senior League final taking place St Finbars and Nascaro going head to head that game is just underway at Castle Road we are going to kick off the show tonight by looking back on Cork's win over uh, Limerick today that sees them into the last day of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. We're going to hear from John Cleary shortly. First, we're going to hear from the captain, Brian Hurley, speaking to the assembled media. It certainly is. Um, a lot of work went in like, and, you know, it's paying off now. You know, we have enough, a lot of years up and downs and, um, you know, we've... Made a lot of progress this year, I felt. You know, a lot of younger fellas have stood up, um, especially today when we needed them. Uh, Kev Donovan, Colin Mann, you know, and it's coming together and there's great belief in the squad and, you know, we're back where we want to be, to be honest, yeah. And bonus territory or not? I don't think so. Why would it be bonus territory if you work hard enough and get results? Um, we're in dollar and quarter final. We set out to be there at the start of the year and we're there. So I think hard work pays off at the end of the day. And in terms of the curve, Brian, it's been nicely going that way, I'd say, since the league. Yeah, like, you know, we worked on our, our structure and whatnot. Division 2 is a tricky division, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and, you know, it didn't work out the start of the year the way we tried to play. And I think we tweaked a few things and, you know, other players came back from injury and whatnot. And it worked nicely. And I think ever since the down game, you can see the results. Um, it's been very, very good. And training has been very, very good. And... Uh, we're getting the performances we want to even today I suppose if I'm being very honest I didn't think we were there you know we played fairly poorly to what we can do so hopefully that will come the next day Brian, it was a very different game to this was last uh, last against Yeah it was there was a bit more room there today to be honest with you you could play a bit of kicking game um, but in fairness limit, they, they still made it very difficult to us like you know what I mean Um you know, I know we had half kind of goal chances. Cahill did brilliant for the goal, and Kevin, in fairness, the half backs, you know, they were causing trouble all the second half. And uh, Kev, Kevin, Matty broke the line, and you know, we we're lucky to get the, the second goal chance, really. Um, but it was a different game completely, to be honest with you. You know, there was more space to kick the ball, and uh, it was more free flowing game, to be honest. That scoring burst that you mentioned, the, the Cahill Matty goal, that was pretty key. Was it, did you feel a little bit more relaxed then? Yeah, look, we knew. Look, the outside public probably was a bit different to what we knew inside the camp. We knew, you know, in fairness, I know Billy Lee, he's He's done great things with Limerick over the last few years. Um, he's he's brought him up the ranks in fairness to him, uh, and we knew it'd be a tough game. Like you know, at halftime we knew we we expected it to be a battle, and we knew we'd have to empty the tank in the second half. And I think we did. And look, it's job done. It wasn't that pretty, to be honest, from our side of it, but it's job done. We can you know do our homework now and get looking forward to the draw. You got a bit of praise for that for the Kerry game for competing with them for three quarters, but, but how important was it to kind of back that up? Yeah, you know, that was the outside public. I still wasn't happy with the end result, if I'm being honest with you, uh, and my own performance. Uh, you know, I think you know, I think we played at the end of that game with 14 players for five minutes of normal time, probably six time, uh, six minutes of extra time, uh, with, Cl- with Flav gone off, and we, I think we used all our subs, so Kerry tipped over four points, five points in that period, and, you know, that's, that's probably something we need to look at, like, you know, uh, from the managerial side and also from our own uh, 
you know, to make sure that we, at the end of the games, we're, we're finishing them out correctly. But um, I think we've we've come up, we learned a lot from the game. Um, I know the two last games weren't as pretty as we wanted, the football style of it, but we got the job done. How's, how's the body? Body sore enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm getting old now, to be honest. Uh, myself and John O'Rourke are nearly the oldest in the team inside there. Um, but it was still a physical game out there. You know, there was, there was a bit of contact and whatnot. But uh, come here, you'll be buzzing at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? The drill is still in me. So you, you, you get that. You get, you get over that. Let's go for the last question because he has been the bus before. And just one on, on uh, what I was sorry, I was referring to the, all the issues you've had, like um, injury-wise over the last few years. How are... Is, I suppose is that something you still have to manage it? Yeah, it is certainly. Everyone has to look at everyone has their own stuff, you know, to, to, to be looking after. But uh, it's been a long old road now. And, you know, I said Tony there, we're back where we want to be. And hopefully we can back it up now the next day. It's good for Cock Football to be back up in Crow Park. It's been a long enough road. And uh, we're looking forward to the next game. Is that been your, your combination with Stephen Sherlock? Is he going to get a good understanding? Is he going to go away inside? Yeah, yeah. Like Stevie, he's a great guy. Like, you know, some people forget his age. He's still very, very young. Um, you know, Sometimes you we you know we have to give it to each other as well, but it's definitely working some bit. But uh, look, he's young, you know what I mean. There's still pressure on him, but he's by by God, he is he is performing like you know what I mean. When he's kicks off hard this year, even the the pressure from the freeze is great to have in our locker. And uh, there's no no doubt about him. I, I presume he's man of the match for Kevin Donovan today. So fair play to him. Yeah, that's Cork captain Brian Hurley there speaking to the assembled media after uh, today's win over Limerick. Going to hear from Jeremy McCarthy shortly, who is in Parky Cueve for us. But first, going to hear from Rebels boss John Cleary. Absolutely, you, you know, um, I think the group needed a you know win to put something back to back with the with the, the win last week against Loud. Um, you know, we we a torrid league campaign, got out of it at the end, and now we're probably stuttering away for the want of a better word but look what we're trying to do is beat in front of us the Kerry game we performed credibly enough for 45-50 minutes but that, that was about it and you know at this stage moral victories aren't much good after that and and, and look we're, we we have two victories under our belt now but we're under no illusions now we're, we're, we're really in the in the frying pan now so but hopefully look we'll prepare again for the next two weeks and, and see what the draw brings us and see, 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 see where we get to uh, the goals were crucial, John, and they came at crucial times for you as well. But um, from your own perspective, defensively, we we disappointed to concede one sixteen. Like we were, you know, um, I suppose we were lucky even in the first half they could have a few more scores as well and uh, we did feel, you know, our intensity wasn't there, our intensity in the, in the tackle wasn't there and we, we were we were standing back off Limerick coming through the middle and they they popped over, you know, whatever it was, six or seven points the first half, they could have 10 or 11 and we could have been in a bit of bother after playing with the wind um, and... I suppose the disappointing thing today was we, we, we got our big scores the next thing we let them down the field and, and you know they, they could have been in for a goal maybe there in the end and it would have been you know it made it very hard on us but um, look it's something to work on um, I thought as well there was probably heroic dif- displays in defence like Kevin O'Donovan Sean Potter uh, you know but it's something we'll have to work on uh, it has cost us all the year we're very open down the middle and uh, you know on another day it could have cost us big time and We'll, we'll, we'll just try and rectify there the next week or so. And that's the thing, you're going up probably playing in Crow Park now, I mean, a bigger, wider pitch. I mean, it's closing off those avenues and those alleys that you need to be able to do. Yeah, and I suppose, look, this is part of the learning experience for everyone. Um, you know, hopefully this is a project going forward uh, in that there, there are a lot of players in Cork, there's a lot of young players coming. But, you know, 
it's it's no good unless you start putting displays and victories together now and, and that's what we're trying to do but look you know we're up against the big boys the next day and it's going to be it's 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 going to be really tough but as I said look we're there we'll test ourselves we'll see where we're at and um, you know it's it's a, it's a two horse game you know you, you, you don't know look at Clare yesterday very few people give them a chance against Roscommon and they went up and, and, and left everything on the line and that's what I hope we'll do in two weeks time and the Limerick Black Air, you seem to capitalise in that period from the opening period. It did, yeah. I didn't see what it was for. It's, it's you know, and uh, but the games now at the intensity they are played at, if you have 15 against 14, it's, um, you know, it's, it, it can mean a lot. And I was worried there when, when Paul Walsh was sent off there that we were down to 14 there coming into the last, you know, six or seven minutes or whatever. But um, I think we, we, we managed it fairly well there at the end. But definitely, I think the black card was, was a big turning point. It, it, it let us, um, it took a bit of pressure off us at the back, particularly from kickouts, and, and we were able to get scores in that particular time. What was your view of the second half? Second half? No, second half, Paul I didn't see it, no. Okay. All I saw was something, you, you know, man going down, I didn't, I didn't see it. John, maybe you've already touched this, but three of your backs going forward were hugely effective. Kevin, Matty, maybe after a difficult first half, Sean Powell as well, and you know, getting forward with real purpose and helped in the creation of a lot of scores. Yeah, I, I look, I suppose the way the modern game has gone now, you know, the main forwards are tied up so much and that, you know, with, with, with a lot of players back, the onus is on the players coming, facing the facing the goal to be able to get up there with a bit of pace and, and inject pace in to, to get through that blanket defence. And even, you know, as I said, any game, I'm looking at inter-county level now, the, the backs are scoring five and six points every day and that's what you have to have or else setting up things. And, you know, we, we had our lads today that did that, so... Yeah, we're very pleased with that, chap. You're half forward, John. Like, I don't think any of them scored in the previous two games, but you got five points today, so it's probably a big improvement. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Um, uh, we asked them for a, a bigger a bigger uh, contribution maybe today, and, and uh, the last day was very difficult against Loud, uh, in that all the players were back the day before that against Kerry. We probably asked them to do a, a, lot, a kind of a defensive... Um, you know, to, to go back into the fence and, and shore that up. But we, we gave them leeway today to push forward. Uh, we felt even coming up to half time that they hadn't done that enough. Uh, but in fairness to them, as always, every, the three of them left everything on the line and we got the contribution of the scores, which was, which was vital in the end. Was Brian Hayes injured? Uh, Brian Hayes was sick. Okay. So he was sick overnight, so he, 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 he wasn't able to, to be here at all. John, you'd probably have targeted the last days nearly as a minimum I'd say this year and, and you've got there now so I mean obviously some people will say bonus territory but that's probably a wrong way of looking at it would you as you said yourself it's two horse no it's a big opportunity there Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't think we can play Kerry again. So, what it, so it's 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 either uh, Dublin and and Derry and Galway. Um, we played Derry and Galway in the league. Um, maybe beaten seven or eight points, but not totally outclassed. And I think the lads would know that we're we think we're after improving a good bit. In the meantime, we have players back that we didn't have then, and uh, you know not alone would we be having a shot at it we, we would be hope to be very competitive and, and within a chance of winning it because look you know a county like Cork with the players we have at our disposal this should be a minimum and uh, you know when we're here now it's it's we want to play in an all in semi-final after a quarter-final and you know the next two weeks we'll leave no stone and turn to try and get there
Anyone come back into the retina? Well, there's a few. There's a couple of lads there that are that are. Um, Sean Meehan is due to come back to full training this week. Uh, Kilino Hanlon played at a club game yesterday, so um, they may be back in the in in, in in the frame for the next day. Brian Hayes obviously should be okay for the next day. Um, so those two lads may or may not. Whether it, it depends how they get through now the, the the next week or two. You know, Meehan will be a huge boost. Yeah, the only thing probably he hasn't paid since the league. You know what I mean? It's one thing to get back to full training. It's it's another thing to be at match sharpness there and be able to play. So look, we will. We'll have a look, and and if he if he can play play a part well and good, and look maybe it might come too soon for him. That's good to hear there about Shamim back in training, but as uh, John Cleary said there, the All Ireland quarter final might be uh, a little bit too soon for him. We'll get more on that from Jim McCarthy in a bit. I just want to hear uh, briefly from uh, Limerick senior manager uh, Billy Lee speaking after uh, today's game. Look, I don't want to take away from Cox victory. Don't believe in that kind of stuff, but you know. Ten minutes there with the black car, we kind of suffered badly in that ten-minute period. That's no one's fault on your own, you know. But um, he kind of stepped away from us in that ten point, and we kept banging away with it from there. And it doesn't mean we'd have won if we had the fifteen minutes at the time. But I think that's where the game was won, really. You know? Do you feel at half-time going in uh, a point down that maybe you should have been level or even better with a couple of chances yet? Yeah, you could say that. But look. Cock missed chances as well too, you know. We always look at ourselves, but yeah, we had I thought we had probably Keen Sheeman in there. Maybe if he was with a runner coming in, we could have made a goal chance. But look, I don't know, maybe about five or six boys, maybe. I'm not sure. Cox certainly had two or three anyway, and I think there were swings and other boots at that point. But we could have been even. We could have been pointed if we were that bit. The efficiency was better. But if John was sitting here, I'm sure he'd do the same for Cork in the first half. Obviously, the four changes to the to the team that was named in the in the program and, and worked. You, you have a, a bit of a different dynamic with the players who came in, and then you're able to introduce the players who were named to start, but they played on and they made an impact as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, we have a very competitive squad, and we want to keep it competitive. And um, lads deserve a chance, you know. Um, the lads that started, it, it, it wasn't certainly on form. Anyone was taken out from the Kerry game it was just about you know putting lads who felt we you know we played a challenge against Galway and felt as deserved an opportunity the lads who started against Kerry and Gallison was the final you know they didn't they didn't need to prove anything to us and we need to see where we were anyway as a group ahead of Division 2 next year when you're playing teams of this character have we got like why we think we might have a competitive squad in Division 2 have we and um, I think it's fair to say we have we've worked to do um but look, we're disappointed. We're, we're, we're bitterly disappointed, you know. Um, I would have kind of backed the lads after the Munster final. To anyone who would have listened, these lads are a tremendous bunch. I'd be really, really proud of them. I had never had any doubt in my head that these lads would step up here today and compete. And even when the game was slipped away, they kept banging at it. And even the second goal came, they kept banging at it. And um, so look, that's, that's all you want from a team, you know. But it's disappointing, I suppose, that we didn't get out of the line. You mentioned obviously Gordon Brown's black card being a massive moment in the in the game. What did you make of the decision? I didn't see it, but um, in talking to the models on the side, then he explained what happened. And sure, if that's the rules, that's the rules. What did happen, Billy? Or was it Morris say happened? My understanding was that um, Gordon body checked one of those guys. I didn't see it, so I can't. But that's what Morris. I'm sure if that's it, that's it. Billy, you're very frustrated, obviously, with the outcome, but there's an overall picture here of where Limerick football is. And you have to step back and see where you've come from to where you are. Can you take solace from that going into next year? 
I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I did. Yeah, look, you know, from the base of these lads come from, like, I mean, no one has no idea when people didn't know who these were lads from, I think we were 31st or 30th in Division 4. What these lads did in the two summers is just, you have to have serious character to do that. And we might never win all Ireland's like, but I can tell you, doesn't the team in the country would have done what these guys did. Um, it was easier to walk away, maybe, but these lads stuck at it. And um, the fruits of their labour, you know, they've had a good year this year, and we've had a good year maybe last year and the year before. But um, look, as an organisation, we want to keep challenging ourselves and try and move upwards, you know, and stay upwards and as we go along. But, we're, you know, we've a lot of work to do uh, as a county. Um, these lads will go at it again, you know, and, um, yeah, I'd be, I haven't have any worries about them, you know, but... You know, we have to find a bit more improvement. We've gone from Division 4 to Division 3. We're heading to Division 2. And um, you're playing games at Calibre of Cork week in, week out now in 2023. And so we need to... Four or five point losses, whatever we lost by, won't be any good this next year. You know, we have to find a way to try and get over the line in matches. And that's the challenge. Yeah. Um, Billy, you've back to a, a goal there. Um, you have got the goal and they've got a couple of points after. Was Back to two points. Sorry, yeah. I wouldn't tell you fuck off now, like. <laughs> <laughs> but haven't said that. No, you haven't asked the question yet. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there was about five minutes there. They went over the score, and we had a good position. Was it? Was that? Uh, was that what really done for us in the match? Yes, it's certainly. I think we were down two. And we had a chance to get a one down for free, and we missed it. And. Um, See, I suppose it was so long. We didn't know how much injury time was going. We were in the 68, 69 minutes. You had to chase the game. Um, in fairness, Cork were the only man as well at that stage. So we had to go at it like him. But invariably, teams of this calibre, they, they hit you on the counter then. And they pace all over the place and coming at it. So, but, you know, we could sit there and just prod it away. That it them. Like, you know, we have to try and go and win the game. But certainly, if we got the free, they could bring us back one. Who knows? I don't know. I really don't know. But it was an opportunity to get... A point closer than we could have seen from there, you know. And uh, okay, we are joined uh, on the line now by Jer McCarthy, who is in Porky Cree for the Big Red Bench today to see Cork's five-point win. And Jer, um, I suppose at the end of the day, was a deserved win for Cork. Yes, it was, Rory. To be fair, uh, two eighteen to one sixteen, uh, good scoring all around from the Cork team. Sherlock again, Stephen Sherlock of the Bears, obviously with the bulk of that. But it was good to see Brian Hurley weigh in with one two. Colin Manny get a vital goal as well, and those two goals in the grand scheme of things, um, when they arrived, Colin Manny's one midway through the second half, and then Brian Hurley's one late on. They really were the difference because um, bit of credit now for Billy Lee and Limerick's team. They, they never ever went away. They, they made a game of it right up to the end. But uh, those two goals definitely proved crucial. Certainly did. And I suppose Limerick um, had a black card in the second half, which ruined their momentum a bit. Cork yes. and the other end of the pitch and scored a goal, and that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, that ten minute period, Cork got one three, um, and uh, Billy Lee kind of alluded to it afterwards though, when he was asked, like, was this an opportunity lost today because they got closer to Cork than they, they have done in a long time since coming down to Parkview to play a championship match, and it's a fair point, I think. But I think overall, um, you know, it was there was only a point in at halftime. Cork were up eight seven, and it, it wasn't the greatest Cork performance this year by a long shot. They looked leggy at stages. They relied an awful lot on Sherlock. Um, Stephen Sherlock once again, uh, you know, providing you know six of the of the eight points in the first half alone, and you you sensed that it needed something to spark Cork into life. You know, there was a decent crowd, and they they were trying to get behind him as best they could. But the Limerick team with Hugh Burke, especially, he kept knocking over the freeze and. 
heading into that, you know, into that, towards the end of that third quarter, it took that black card to turn things in Cork's favour a little bit. And Kyle Manny, let's give him some credit, he cut in from, from the wing and, and, and stuck it away fantastically. And then at that point, it was 112 to, to 10 points. And, you know, John O'Rourke popped over another point shortly afterwards. And it was a mounted decline for Limerick at that point. But in fairness to them, um, they certainly didn't shirk it. And, you know, as a John Ryan coming off the bench getting 1-2, they kept going right up to the end, as I said. But even at that at that juncture, I think that black card and in that period around the black card, Rory Rotter um, certainly swung it in Cork's favour. Yeah, and Cork reduced to 14 as well. And Paul Watch, he just came on two yellow cards in the space of a minute. He's not going to be happy when he sees that back. However, I will kind of defend him a little bit in that Paul Maher was given as good as he got there with Paul Walsh. They were both pushing each other. They were both slapping each other away. And then Maher goes down clutching his head like he's just been shot. I mean, like, there was both, there was two of them in it. I just, I, I, Maher's response, I think, kind of stuck wrong with me. Possibly, no. We saw it in real time from where we were. We didn't have the, we didn't have the benefit of, a, of an action replay just to kind of hone in on it. But I suppose the point is, Rory, um, Paul shouldn't really be putting himself in that position so soon after mm, coming on. Yeah. And like, he just picked up a yellow card and look, referees you know you don't know what way they're going to go in this thing um i thought he rested he let a lot go to be fairness to fairness from the referee during the match um the incident in itself it looked from our vantage point it did look like 50 50 as you said but if you're just taking a yellow card don't give the ref a decision to make and, and that's the thing and i think paul will learn from that i think he just limerick were very very um were very very tight in their marking they were very physical today as you'd expect them to be brian hurley and and stephen sherlock certainly came in for an awful lot of uh, of pretty physical treatment as you'd expect at inter-county level but that's a learning curve for paul he's a very very good player and I think he, hopefully he will learn from that. Um, but from Cork's point of view, it certainly put them on the back foot slightly for a, a few a few minutes again. But again, once they built up enough of a lead that you know it didn't need into it too much. But against better, with respect to Limerick, against like top quality opposition, if they draw Dublin, Galway, or Derry above and Crow Park, and you get yourself sent off like that, you know you're going to get a lot. You're going to get punished a lot more. But I'd say Paul will learn from it. But yeah, an unfortunate moment in the game, but certainly one that Cork were thankful they had a bit of a lead in place when it did occur. Yeah, exactly. It's into the All Ireland quarter final draw now for Cork uh, tomorrow morning. Where are Cork and this John Cleary team at this stage now, Ger? Oh, that's a good question. I think coming out of the National League, Cork were in a bad place. They had they relied on two vi- victories over the teams that finished below them just to retain their Division 2 status. But at the same time, there was a lot of players injured. There was a lot of players in, in and out of the team. Keith Ricken had stepped away. John Cleary had just come in. So look, when you consider where they were after the National League, they did the minimum, which was stay up in Division 2. And as, as Cleary said afterwards in his uh, after-match interview, look, it's a tricky division at the best of times. But coming into the qualifiers, I think the fact that Lady Luck smiled on them and they had a home draw, which was mm. crucial for them. They overcame a Mickey Hart Love team that were just pure defensively minded. They took 15 behind the ball. It took a lot of patience and it took a lot of you know, there was a lot of frustration in that game, but they, they got the job done. And I think that was a monkey off the back, even though Brian Hurley as well, may not, they may not admit, that, admit it, but the fact that they got that qualifier victory and the fact that they were home again today against Limerick was hugely important. Where they are is that they're a much improved team over the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. Definitely a much improved team. The forwards, it's not just the Stephen Sherlock and Brian Hurley show anymore. Daniel Deneen, Owen McSweeney and John O'Rourke, that half-forward line, had to chip in with scores that they didn't the last day against Loud and they each did that today and their, their work rate was definitely noticeably increased and Cork were all the better for that. Kyle O'Mahony as well, he's still very, very young, the Mitchellstone guy. What a goal to get. A goal against any opposition today. That will do his confidence 
the power of good. In their own midfield, Maguire and Colin McCallan looked very leggy today, if I'm being honest, but they put in another shift and they broke a lot of ball. And that half-back line that we've spoken about before, Matty Taylor, John Cooper, and certainly Rory Maguire have settled into that position and they are now the, stand, the starting, you know, they're the starting, mm-hmm. you know, full-back, uh, half-back line for the team and, and will remain that. But it's the full-backs today, I think, that need, uh, need to be kind of highlighted. Sean Potter and Kevin O'Donovan Rory bombing up from defence whenever they got a chance. Potter raising, you know, the crowd coming to life as soon as he gets the ball, as soon as he was making those burns, the crowd would rise with him. And Kevin O'Donovan was the guy brought down for the penalty, which, um, which, which uh, um, what's, uh, sorry, Brian Hardy stuck away. Mm. So look, there's a lot of positives there. Marashani as well has settled into the full-back position. And a good bit of news coming out of the press conference that people may not have heard, um, according to John Cleary, Sean Meehan, is back in training and back in full training. Now, that's great news for Cork. As he said himself, he might be back in full training. He has no match sharpness as of yet. But if they can get Sean Meehan fit and get him out there on the pitch against whoever they play in Crow Park, that's another bonus again. So to answer your question directly, Cork are in a much better place than they were six, five, six weeks ago. They have two championship victories under their belt. They're one match away from an All-Ireland semi-final. And at the start of the year, as Brian Hurley said, Cork were aiming for an All-Ireland quarter-final. That's what they wanted to be in and they're there now and they're there on merit. Yeah, they certainly are. And it'll be either Galway, Dublin or Derry that Cork will face. Of course, they can't face Kerry in the, in the, the quarter-final stage. <laughs> I suppose it's impossible to say which one of those three would you prefer to face? Uh, I tell you, who, I, I guess no one wants to face Dublin because yeah. it'll be a, it would be more or less a full house and look, they're, they're, they're starting to gain momentum again under, under Desi Farrell. Don't forget, they were relegated into Division 2 as well at the end of the year. Something un, unheard of over the last few years with Dublin. Um, I think Dublin have been a bit miffed by all the, the negative headlines and a lot of people sticking the sticking the boot in when they finally started to lose a few games. They've certainly responded in kind. Now, Leinster doesn't tell you much about where they are. So poor is the Leinster Championship and they pretty much walked it. But if we were to play Dublin, here's the thing. Like nobody would expect Cork to win. They go up there without having any issue or pressure on their, on their shoulders and they can have a real go. The other side of the coin though, Galway or Derry, these are two teams that beat Cork in the National League this year. But as John Cleary pointed out, a Cork team without its full contingent with a lot of injuries and, and suspensions thrown in. Galway were very impressive on a Saturday night, I remember, in Parky Cueve and really did a good number of them and Derry did a big number of them up uh, up north. But they're two teams that they're familiar with. They're two teams that they know all about and that they could, you know, they'd have a good bit of homework done on. So either of those two teams, Rory, Galway or Derry, I would fancy Cork if Cork played to their absolute maximum and if every one of the players puts in a shift above and Crow Park. Dublin, that's another day's work. I think mm-hmm. Dublin and their life cycle are still too far ahead of Cork and I just couldn't see us beating them in Croke Park. But either of the other two um, don't rule out Cork putting in a performance and possibly sneaking it. Your fingers crossed. All right, Jared, thanks for that and thanks mm-hmm. for uh, covering the game for us today. No bother, man. That's Jeremy McCarthy there, uh, the hardest working person in the business, speaking to us uh, from Parky Cueve earlier. Um, about um, Cork's win over Limerick today into the All-Ireland quarterfinals, draw half eight tomorrow morning. Uh, as Joe was mentioning there, Galway, Derry or Dublin await in the last eight. And if it were Galway or Derry, Joe reckons Cork could certainly have a rattle off them and then could be in an All-Ireland semi-final. See how it goes, but yeah, good win for Cork today uh, against Limerick down in Porky Quay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're talking to Lizzie Lee about winning the Cork City Marathon. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.
Delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Rory here with you until 7, followed by Mags Blackburn with Green on Red from 7 until 10pm, playing you all the best in Irish music. We are going to talk athletics, and this day last week, Liz Lee won her home marathon, the Cork City Marathon. The Leavelle athlete, the first woman to finish in Patrick Street in a time of 2.44.54. Sensational stuff from the Olympian East Corks. Tim O'Donoghue, meanwhile, setting a new course record in the men's race in a time of 2.18.37. Now, Lizzie was running the marathon in honour of her friend Kevin Skippy O'Reardon who passed away from brain cancer two years ago in 2020 aged just 41 now I spoke to Lizzie on Friday about winning the marathon uh, and about Kevin and the fundraising they are doing you'll hear Lizzie mention the Skip Cup that was held yesterday in the Maralike if you want to donate you can visit 7forkevin.com but this is my chat uh, with uh, Lizzie Lee always always a pleasure Alright, we're joined on the line now by the winner of the Cork City Marathon our good friend Lizzie Lee Lizzie, how are you? I'm super. I'm um, still on a high from <laughs> Sunday's run. Um, it's um, It's been a, a crazy week, a whirlwind of week. I, I really haven't come down. I I can't describe it, but the the pride in the Cork people of a Cork winner it just seems to be something else. I'm like the queen at work. I, I can't <laughs> buy a coffee at the coffee dock. Um <laughs> It's, it's just it's you know I have I literally have random people coming up to me shaking my hand like anywhere I go it's it, I, I it's unprecedented um, and it was a huge goal of mine it was something mm. I, I I've always wanted to do and just never had the time to do never had I was always focusing on a championship I was always focusing on the next time um, I was always focusing on on Berlin to qualify for a championship and then run the championship so to be able to actually do this for myself and for my friend Kevin um, just was surreal to be able to to go out on the road to Cork and and and, and take a, a bucket list item that just had been there for years. Mm. You know, I ran the half in I think twenty ten for the first time. So to finally do this um was just it was brilliant. Goosebumps. Yeah, it was great to have the marathon back after a couple of years absence. I know the weather didn't really play ball with us on Sunday, but just that atmosphere of being out in the course and having people cheering you on must have been something else. Oh, it was amazing. I actually said to my brother, I thought he was omnipotent by the end of the day because <laughs> he was everywhere. Um, my dad was in eight different places. He has photos from eight different places throughout the course. He was on the bike. Um, my husband was everywhere. He was uh, doing my water, my gels. Um, oh, it just And then my kids were at mile 21 with my mom because mm. I live I live up the road from Beantown um, <laughs> on the Mountain Farm Road so I had I had said I knew that was that's, once you get up to that corner then there's running then then you can start running um, and to have them just before the top of the last hill it's goosebump stuff I I I had a race for this. I only I only won Cork by eighteen seconds. If anyone isn't uh, isn't aware, um, the national fifty k champion circle Lochnan came down from Dublin, and um, I knew all along she was coming down. I knew it was going to be a challenge. Donny had just said race it, so I didn't look at my watch. I just raced her, mm. um, and by the time I got to Beantown, I was like, I'm in control here. This is this <laughs> is this is going to end. This is going to end nicely for me on Pana. Um, so all oh, the support was, and it was absolutely lashing and the people of Cork came out in their droves you mm. would have seen them I mean there was there was so many kids in wellies and full on rain gear underneath golf umbrellas it was, it was just goose it was super it really mm. was and you had uh, my old pal James Green and running with you for a bit did you 
I sure did. I did. I did. I, uh, I, I know. I know James from work. Mm. He's uh, he's up in Apple. Um, I did. He came. Up, he came up and uh, he was chatting away to us actually for a while. Um, and then Circa surged, and I think he just was. Let you he, was he was gone after that. <laughs> yeah, he was having none of it. She kept. She actually kept surging. She she continually tried to get rid of me um, mm. and and she, she 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 was worried about my speed at the end um, I was worried about her strength so she did exactly what I would have done if I was her and vice versa mm. um, so you know she, she was she was dead right um, but it meant that we basically we picked people up along the way for a few miles here and there but we didn't have any group for the whole thing it was mm. pretty much me and her in, in, a, in a very close battle um, What point did you know that you had it Lizzie was it when you got to Patrick Street was it before I, that when you hit the tape when no I I knew the second we turned onto the straight road mm. uh, the people of Cork know that I run up the straight road and back the straight road in the mornings because it's safe I'm on my own it's early in the morning Um anyone who commutes into town will say oh yeah, yeah I see you in the morning um, we turned onto the straight road and I just felt like I was I was on mile 18 of a 20 miler on a Sunday morning mm. I just felt that in control I'd had hairy moments mile 12 I remember thinking oh we've a long way to go I don't feel great <laughs> but once I turned onto the straight road she she kind of gasped at the length of the straight road as yeah. we turned onto it and I know that when you turn onto from Cairgran when you turn onto it it's exactly a mile to the Kingsley and I went right I have a mile and I'm going to kick on once we get to the AAB and the Western Road that was always my plan and I just knew I was so fine um, at that point that it was going to take you know I, I was going to run over hot coals as well to break that tape mm-hmm. at that point once we got to Pana like my worry was my strength but by then I was at mile 22 because I hadn't done a marathon in four years yeah. you know but, but when you, when I got to mile 22 feeling that good I was like Shh, her 10k and 5k times wouldn't be comparable to mine yeah. so all I needed to, to do was to get to mile 23 or 24 with her and then try and burn her off um, and that's exactly what I did my worry was that I wouldn't manage to stay with her till 20 mm-hmm. miles you know um, because I, I kind of crammed for this a bit <laughs> I only really did about six weeks of long runs yeah. you know um, so I got away with it. it was basically <laughs> <laughs> I got more than got away with it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And that run past um, the Mardike um, up around there, North Main Street, down um, onto Patrick, it was just, I found it very special, almost emotional. It must have been 10 times that for you. Oh, I had a motorbike. I had a motorbike bring me down North Main Street <laughs> and we'd actually gone for brunch the day before yeah, um, to Brick Lane and I remember walking out and seeing the speed bumps and the cobbles and I went oh I'm going to have to be careful there and I remember walking, running down with the motorbike thinking I'm going to snot myself on North Main Street <laughs> while winning and she's going to pass me like because it was all the pressure it was like I'm winning the Cork Marathon all I have to do is get to the corner go around it and I'm on Pana Um and, and all I could think was, I'm going to fall. I'm gonna fall. <laughs> uh, but it was turning the corner. You're exactly 26.0 when you turn off North Main Street. And like I 100% had it in the bag once I turned that corner. There was no way. <laughs> I did a tiny look behind me. Couldn't see her, you know, very close. And just went, oh, my God, I'm going on to Pana in the lead in the Cork Marathon. And I'm going to see the tape and the clock and everyone's going to be there. And <sighs> goosebumps yeah. just, you know. Just, you know, running past the Capital Cineplex where we used to <laughs> queue up as kids to go to the cinema. I mean, it's just, you know, I am so pure cork to my bones yeah. that it just, it meant just so much to me. 
Uh, it was an incredible moment, even for me, just like finishing the half marathon. I found it very, very special. And I loved every second of it. Stop downplaying the half marathon, please. <laughs> Stop I me. have had so many people say to me all week, I only did the half. You did a half, is what I would say to that. You did a half more than everyone else who didn't do a half. <laughs> so it's still it, a half is a brilliant achievement. I did mm. a half for years. I did the half three times, um, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and that's a massive achievement in itself. So give yourself a, a pat on the back there. <laughs> Certainly will. Um, where does this rank, Lizzie, in, I suppose, your lengthy list of achievements? Um, it's re- it's up there. It really is. I have the trophy on my on my uh, on my windowsill in the in the kitchen, and I keep looking at it and looking at the names on it and the times and and I remember all those days when those ladies ran those times. Um, like I I, I just. Uh, I've always wanted to win a marathon. This is all the other thing. And people seem surprised. I've never won a marathon because Mm. it was always about a time qualifying for a championship and then running the championship. So I ran Berlin. I wasn't going to beat the Kenyans and the Africans (laughs) and the Ethiopians um, who were running 219. So I'd run Berlin and then I'd go on and I'd do the championship. So this was for this was for me. And this was for my my good friend, Kevin O'Riordan, who passed away last year. and it's it's right up there. It really is right up there. I suppose it's probably akin to a footballer or a hurler winning club. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's not an All Ireland, which was probably your Olympics, but it's 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 very special because it's home. Mm. You know, so it's a kind of it's it's you can't really compare them, but it's. It was more crack, put it that way. It was more <laughs> it fun. It was. Lizzie, uh, you've mentioned Kevin a couple of times here. Can you tell me a bit about him? Yeah, so uh, Kevin O'Riordan, he was one of my best friends. He he went by Skippy. Um, he won a Collingwood Cup with UCC in 2000. He played uh, soccer for, for Wilton growing up and he was in Clostens, Britneyev. And um, he'd have been around the same time as Brian Barry Murphy, that that, mm. that era in Clostens, Britneyev. And... Um, he he went on to to manage the corporate sponsorship for Liverpool Football Club. Um, he was a very very impressive individual. Um, he was also great crack, super sound, and really sporty all his life. And um, he passed away last year. He was a year older than me. Um, he passed away at the age of forty one from brain cancer. Um, and we just decided what would we do in his memory and in his name. Um, and we we never we the, the the, it was a, a COVID funeral. It was all very small. So mm. we kind of have all banded together now. And his sister has created a GoFundMe and they're trying to raise money for a PhD into brain cancer in, with the University of Liverpool, who are kind of experts in the area. Um, and the Liverpool tie being Liverpool Football Club, etc. Um, so I did it in, in his name. I raised sponsorship and I donated my um, prize money to the, the GoFundMe. And tomorrow in the Mardike at around three o'clock, the Collingwood team of 2000, uh, which cons- contains my husband, who, the, who <laughs> Kevin introduced me to in my UCC days. My, mm. my husband, Paul Kelleher, was the, the goalie. Um, the Collingwood legends are playing the rest of the world which is basically anyone else outside of that UCC team that Skippy played soccer with <laughs> um, growing up which would have been a lot of people yeah. so um, at 3 o'clock tomorrow we're, there's a charity match in the Maradike. Um no better place that's where I'm even getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. it that's where that's where Skippy sported and he, and he played um, mm-hmm. and uh, in his memory we're all coming together 
um, for for kind of the send off that we couldn't give him because of COVID. Um, and it, it'll be emotional. It'll be wonderful. It'll be fun. There's a, a kind of race night happening afterwards. I'd encourage anybody to to drop into the Mardike. Um, and uh, especially anyone who knew him um, because he was just he was just a wonderful guy and he was just so much fun and he was so into sport that this is kind of the, the send off we can give him you know yeah. in his memory so I'd imagine when you cross the line like the elation of winning but also the memories of uh, Skippy must come flooding back to you oh I was you know he he just was such a big supporter of mine the last phone call um, that I took before I went to Brazil to the Olympics was him ringing me mm. um, he was away on holidays and I hadn't seen him in maybe six months because he was always living in different places but he rang and he was just so interested he wanted to know every single detail of what I was doing and how I was doing it and what I was going to do with the heat etc um, and so just to, to cross that finish line like I just felt him with me um, the whole way and then his sister was on his brother his mom you know um, to his, his wife his baby boy Liam um, just to, to, to do something something in his memory I was I was I was it made an emotional day even more emotional mm. um and more wonderful um and sad um you know and uh you know he'll he'll his memory I I ran with him the morning I got married so his memory I always think of him when I'm running in the Lee Fields which is a lot um so his memory will will always be there um and I just think soccer match tomorrow just will be just so much fun um, and he just he's he's smiling on us somewhere going yeah alright <laughs> that's good I like it uh, exactly and if people want to deny, donate Lizzie how do I go about that if they go into my bio on Instagram so I'm uh, Lizzie Leavale on Instagram so you can see the GoFundMe on uh, on my bio um, on, on the Instagram page or if you're friends with me on Facebook or I've tweeted a, a, a link this morning mm-hmm. the examiner did a lovely article about the Skip Cup which is on tomorrow um, so I'm Lizzie Leavale is my handle on everything um, it's fortunately my mother gave me a surname or my father gave me a surname <laughs> which uh, happened to be the club I joined and she's part well. of core, to my core so it did Lizzie Leavale people are, I'm never going to take my married name because uh, it would suck and I'd have to change my Twitter handle yeah. uh, so Lizzie Leavale and you'll see any details in um, the, exa- the Examiner article um, the links are there on the Irish Examiner they're mm. in my Instagram profile and they're on Facebook they're, they're everywhere Excellent and what's up next for you now Lizzie? I don't know. <laughs> That's nice. I haven't thought that far. Yeah. Um, I'm winning the Kia race series. There's a series of seven races that you yeah. can do around the country. Um, and they culminate with the Cork City 10 miler and Lee Veller winning it. It's really good, actually. It's it's three men and three women. Your team comprises of male and female combination. Um, and we've one of the strongest clubs in the country from a depth perspective across the board. We were the only club who medaled in the national cross country in men and women. Mm-hmm. So, so um, without fielding our strongest team each time, we've actually been able to to win the series. We're beating DSD, which is great because it's just the strength we have. So, um, so yeah, so I think I'll, I'll probably continue on that because sure, why not? <laughs> but I don't have any, I need to, I need to sit down because the bucket list, the Cork Marathon was on the bucket list. The Dublin Mini Marathon was on the bucket list. I won that in mm-hmm. 2018. Dublin Marathon won that national title um, Cork Marathon that's done now um, like the bucket list is, is getting shorter I, I've kind of I'm ticking them off so <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy it um, I, I had a good chat to Owen Cadigan during the week yeah. and and he's playing club and he's just the same as me just loving it just the pressure's off 
you know, you can actually have a drink of wine and no one's going to look at you. You can actually stay out past 10 o'clock. I mean, I can't, I can't describe. I mean, I lived like a hermit for so many years and all I did was train. Everything was about training. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's about the kids and the crack and everything. But with the training, it's still serious, but it's just not that level of serious. Um, so being able to just kind of sit down and go, I'm just going to enjoy having nice. won the Cork Marathon and I'll have a think. <laughs> you know, there's nobody looking at tapping me on the shoulder going, you have to run this championship, you have to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of up to me now. So I'm sure I'm sure something, I'll, I'll decide something crazy in about three weeks' time. But for now, <laughs> I uh, I won't get divorced and I won't sign up to anything else. <laughs> 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 Just for a few weeks. For just for a few weeks, I, I get that husband a break. Yeah. All right, Lizzie, it's been a pleasure talking. Oh, I have to give a shout out to Bye because he's been amazing. <laughs> there wasn't a school run done by me for eight weeks. Um, he just picked up all the slack, all the extra, because I had to go out in the mornings yeah. because of the nature of the, the three kids in the evenings. Yeah. Um, and I I just, I was able to get out the door every morning without a question. Just, we, we decided to do it. He was very, he, Skippy introduced me to him. Oh. So he got it. He understood yeah. the, I needed to do that. And he was on that Collingwood winning team. Mm. Um, you know, so, so he gets, he gets the it. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll see what the future holds, but uh, I'm just going to enjoy this one for a while. You certainly well deserved. Lizzie, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench today. Thanks a million. Thank you. One of my all-time favourite guests, uh, Lizzie Lee of Leeville, on winning the Corksy Marathon last week. And, of course, uh, her friend Kevin O'Reardon, as you mentioned, uh, as you, you heard being mentioned in that chat with Lizzie. They had the skip cup yesterday. Lizzie was referencing next. We spoke on Friday. Uh, it was a tremendous success. And that Collingwood Cup team in action uh, against uh, the rest of uh, the world team uh, went to penalties, uh, I believe, uh, yesterday. Uh, and uh, finished one all and uh, went to penalties then after that uh, I saw who won it but I can't uh, seem to find uh, find it again but it must be it must be there somewhere but a great day in the Maradike yesterday so congratulations uh, indeed to all those who raised money uh, for uh, the uh, Kevin Reardon Fund as uh, Lizzie was mentioning and if you want to donate you can visit 74kevin.com that's the number for 74kevin.com all right. Uh, elsewhere in uh, the Camogie uh, uh, League final that's happening uh, this evening uh, down in Church Road. Uh, the Bars and Nascara going head to head. Half time. It's in Nascara leading by two points. One seven to one five is how things stand there. Just before we wrap up, I want to hear a little bit from uh, Stephen Kenny. He was under uh, a bit of pressure. Uh, heading in uh, to uh, last night's game in Scotland uh, a win for Scotland as well or win for Ireland against Scotland I should say much needed as well because of the uh, two previous uh, performances in the Nations League but I'm uh, going to hear now from uh, Stephen Kenny uh, talking about uh, that win yesterday and talking about uh, I suppose the pressure that was on him um, heading into the game so we'll hear a bit uh, from Stephen Topmodan He's like that. Wanted the players' confidence, Annie Harum. You know, it's it's a positive. Um, it's positive to get a you know convincing win against you know a nation like Scotland who are ranked so highly and um, have performed well in the last couple of years, really well. Um, so for us, it was just important to get that that win. I don't. Uh, I'm not even viewing it like that, really. Um, you know, I know, I know what I'm doing. Very clear on what what I'm doing. 
there's been, you know, so I think this is, you know, it's a, it's quite, it's, it's been a really radical shift in, in, in the number of players that we brought through. And it's very exciting and clearly the public really identify with, with it. And it's really, really exciting. Um, and the style of play is the, the, the public are identifying with. We obviously lost a couple of games. We had setbacks this week, which we're disappointed with, and we're not, we're not happy about ourselves for that, you know, for the defeat in Armenia particularly, you now which was a setback, but um, that was that was one that we didn't want. Um, but we've got to switch on to the Ukraine now because we've obviously got several players, probably, I'm not sure, Michael obviously has to be a doubt, Shane Duffy, Johnny Egan, and um, obviously Josh Cullen's just played three. So I've got, you know, we've a lot, a lot to consider for the Ukraine game and obviously they've got a lot of quality so um, they were able to rotate and so forth so we um, we have to dust ourselves down and get ready for, for the Ukraine you know I'm not I'm not here to sort of make any statements of justification or anything like that I'm just here to get ready for Tuesday now and certainly uh, get ready for the Ukraine on, on Tuesday I think uh, um, listen the Irish support really believe in in this team, I feel they see that the potential that exists. They know we're not perfect. You know, we're, you know, they know we have a lot of imperfections. We knew we said to the players that if they won tonight, it was. The, you know, I asked the players what was the most significant victory that they had in the Aviva Stadium and in a qualifier or in a in a competitive game, and obviously, probably of a team ranked above ourselves, and it was probably 2015 against Bosnia was obviously the last big big result so it's it is the biggest result we knew to said to the players like we can enjoy that if they win for their families because it's a significant victory in, in it's the most significant home victory in seven years so I, I think uh, but in isolation you know we have to we have to get ready for Ukraine I wouldn't be you know um, we're only saying that because since Scott, since Dave Clark's gone into Scotland, he's done a magnificent job, and uh, he's been obviously very, very good for a, a Scottish manager, and brought him to the Euros and brought him to the World Cup playoffs. So he's been he's been very good, Steve Clark, you know. And um, so from our point of view, um, we we have to get ready for a real tough battle in Poland on Tuesday, and we've got to dust ourselves down and make the necessary changes that we we need to make. And um, try and uh, some players, for example, that weren't in the squad, like Scott Hogan wasn't in the squad for the first couple. He played significant. Uh, Darrell Lennon's not been in the squad. He could, you know, he could come in, and, you know, potential starter, you know, for example, uh, on Tuesday. So it's uh, that's the nature of international football. There's margins between the players sometimes. They're all good players, and uh, that's that's. That's the way it, it goes, you know. But Stephen Kenny there, really. Stephen Kenny after last night's uh, win over Scotland, and as he's mentioned, it's uh, all uh, all focus now changes uh, to Poland on Tuesday. But uh, good for Ireland to get the win last night. Uh, that's pretty much it from us. Thanks very much indeed for listening to our show. If you missed any of it, you can listen back on uh, the uh, Big Revenge podcast that is available on RedFM.ie, and uh, you can get that there, or you can download it from wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, we're back next Saturday and Sunday from six p.m. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
the evening, folks. Max Blackburn is up next with Green on Red. Three hours of the best Irish music coming your way between now and 10 o'clock right here on Cork's Red FM. Enjoy your Sunday, folks. Talk to you next week. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.